American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of patient-oriented radio operators. So, Amron phonetically, Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Covering tactics, techniques, news, technology, and concepts related to emergency communications. Whether you're seasoned or new, this is the place for patriots, preppers, and partisans who understand the necessity of being able to receive and share information with others. When conventional communications are disrupted or compromised, this is Partisan Radio. Congratulations to our new members. Welcome aboard. Great to have you all with us. And just as a reminder, we broke 2,000 members last week, 2,000 now, across the country and Canada and uh, several other countries, Puerto Rico and elsewhere. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, I want to remind you before we get any further to put on your calendars, T-Rex 2015 is going to be Friday through Sunday, August 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's August 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's the second weekend in August before school starts this time. And someone was asking, how can I get information to pass along to my like-minded, prepper-minded, patriot friends and family that I'm trying to tell them about T-Rex and what it's all about? Well, we're on schedule to have all of our information for this year's T-Rex updated by June. So probably a couple months out from when the event actually takes place. However, you can give them a little sneak peek. I've been directing folks over to uh, Amron.com where you can type in T-Rex promo and that will take you to the 2014 promo and instructions and the scenario timeline and everything from last year's T-Rex. Now, obviously, some things are going to be different this year. We're going to mix it up a little bit, but a lot of the information in that promo video are timeless. They apply whether regardless of what year we have T-Rex, but there will be things like prizes and uh, little instructions and details about this particular exercise coming up in 2015 in August that will vary slightly, but for the most part, that will give them a lot of information, hopefully get them excited to start working toward getting their comms up and getting ready for that. In ham radio news, this is kind of a fun thing to uh, cover for many of you and me. Young Radio Hamnet is going to be on April 5th. Uh, Young Ham QSO announces the next net for Young Radio Amateurs will be held on Sunday, April 5th. The 20 meter net will be led by Gregor. And there's this call sign there. I'll put the link there on our highlights and resources posting for volume six of Partisan Radio. You'll be able to go through that. But uh, that's going to be starting, let's see, about 30 minutes later. They've got, well, so they've got 20 meter nets. The exact frequencies will be announced on their website. In 2012, participants of the IARU Region 1 Yoda event came up with an idea to create a monthly meeting on HF for young people, which would take place on the first Sunday of each month. Young Ham QSO is a website dedicated to the young amateur radio operators and youth activity involving amateur radio. So Boy Scouts and other type of events 
uh, or uh, maybe a youth group that you're working with, some type of outdoor group with your church, might be a great way to introduce the young ones to ham radio because we need to start investing in the next generation of partisan radio operators. So this might be a good way to do that, a fun way for them to do that and realize it's not just an old man thing. You can go to youngham.qso.club to learn more. Thailand's National Broadcasting and Telecommunications Commission, or NBTC, is considering a new national frequency master plan, one with the twin objectives of strengthening national security while also planning new broadband telecommunication services in the future. Thailand's National Telecom Committee recently approved the plan and presented it to the NBTC, which has the responsibility of revising it every other year. The new master plan sees the reallocation of the 50 to 54 megahertz range to the army to enforce national security. But a conflict soon cropped up from the decision last year to allocate the 50 to 54 megahertz, uh, the six meter band to the Thai amateur radio operators The Army, which had been using the spectrum for emergencies, opposed the move. And because of this, the NBTC has yet to allow amateur radio operators use of the six-meter band, given the protest from the military. Now, if a National Broadcasting and Telecommunications Commission goes forward with the new master frequency plan as proposed, it would appear as if Thailand's army will be getting its way, and hams will not gain access to the six-meter band. The International Amateur Radio Union's Administrative Council has approved the publication of an IARU Emergency Telecommunications Guide and has made it available on the organization's website. Now, we've also posted this on Amron.com. It was posted today, March 29th, at Amron.com. It's a downloadable PDF. This handbook was developed to provide the IARU member societies with materials suitable for training their members to participate in emergency events. It is is also designed to provide guidance to the individual amateur radio operator who has little or no experience in handling emergency communications, but desires to enhance his or her ability to participate in such events or to simply have a better understanding of the process. The publication can be used in conjunction with other training materials by leaders within the emergency communications community to train radio operators in the basic theory and practices of handling emergency communications traffic. And you can find it over at IARU.org or you can go to Amron.com. We've made that PDF available to you. Now, I want to remind you also, when you download this, we are not adopting this guide as part of Amron's protocol. We are merely putting up there for academic reasons as a tool for you that gives you a good idea to understand how some of the emergency communications organizations are are training and some of the standards that they have. But there are also some really great ideas and tips in that PDF, the Amron will be adopting the things that do fit Amron, and you might find that really useful. So I want to encourage you to go check that out. Something else I came across this week that I thought was really interesting, history this week. It's a look back at events that made history this week, com- uh, compiled by the Summerland Amateur Radio Club of Lismore, 
New South Wales, I believe. It's abbreviated, so I'm not sure. NSW. Okay, so this came out March 3rd. Uh, in 1611, Johannes Fabricius, a Dutch astronomer, observed sunspots for the first time. That affects us as hams. I thought that was kind of interesting. In 1876, Alexander Graham Bell patented an improvement in telegraphy. His patent number 174465, the telephone. In 1899, R.F. Matthews collided with the light ship. That's SS R.F. Matthews collided with the light ship, which radioed the lighthouse ashore to get assistance. This was the first time ever a distress call was transmitted by radio from a ship at sea. They sent H-E-L-P, help. Now, Nets this week, I want to remind you that the Nets begin on April 1st this month. And last week was kind of a unique net falling in between the time change and our April 1st net changeover. We will be on 40 meters from this point forward. If you've been trying to tune into 40 meters prior to this coming April 1st net, well, you are probably not having very much luck. So we've been on 80 meters all winter. And now that it is spring, April 1st is the date that we switch over to the 40 meter frequencies for our rolling nets. You can use the scheduled nets calendar at the website to confirm the dates and frequencies. And you can also print off the net schedule PDF file for your binder or for your ham shack to have up on the wall. Net control stations, don't forget to submit your net reports. And next, not next week, we will not be broadcasting next week, but uh, in two weeks from now, we will be uh, announcing the net reports and talking about some of the successes of that. I also want to encourage you, since we are all preparedness-minded, self-reliant radio operators, I want to encourage you to tune in or go to the website, if you're out of range, to the Northern Nevada Preppers Group. They have a VHF group over there where they discuss uh, a different topic each week related to self-reliance and preparedness. And then on HF, you can tune in to the Tapern Nets. They have a prepping-related topic each week. They broadcast or they transmit, they hold those nets rather, every Sunday evening, which uh, just got over with. You can go to amron.com to click on the Tapern Nets to learn more uh, about how to tune in, especially if you are on the East Coast or the South, where those nets take place on HF, 40 meters, and voice and digital. The, the NNPG, the Northern Nevada Preppers Group, that is VHF. But you can listen to the archives of those uh, over at nnpg.net. And then you can listen to the debrief or the post net report put on by codename Delta04 each week. She has that uploaded to a Podbean uh, site, and those are available uh, under a Delta04, actually, is the name of the Podbean page. And we'll put links up there to take you over to that to listen to her post net report on the topic that they cover each week. Now, this week, I was going to review the Terminator 8R, term, the Termin 8R Terminator by Anytone. However, I found something better. Someone did a great review 
And the guy covered everything I wanted to cover, I think, except for maybe a couple exceptions, which I mentioned those last week, but he produced a YouTube video. So not only do you have the audio review, there's actual video where you can watch what he's talking about as he's adjusting some of the different settings and showing you the keypad. So I am going to forego that, save myself a little bit of time and work, and actually uh, uh, send you over to a better product, which is the YouTube video that uh, codename Polly01 has posted on Amron.com for you to go and look at. It's about a 35-minute or so uh, review, and he did a great job. He goes over some of those features, so go check that out. Uh, if you are interested in or if you've just recently purchased one of those Anytone model radios, especially the Terminator. For Intelligence This Week, uh, nothing new. I just want to remind you also that we are working on a program to certify our net control operators so that they will be able to better handle traffic and things will go smoothly. We want everybody operating uh, under the same standard. And this will really help a lot of the newer net control uh, operators that we have coming on board and make sure that we're all on the same page. We're dealing with information, uh, maybe intelligence and reports and things. We want these guys that are operating, you as net control operators, to know exactly what to do with various different traffic. And if you're not sure right now and you have a piece of information, maybe a spot report or a situation report, where to get that to? Well, just get it to your net control station. Uh, right now, all the net control stations know that they have, if they have a piece of traffic and they don't know exactly where to get it to, to just push it up the chain to the next higher level net control operator. So we're trying to standardize that training so that all net control operators know how to handle traffic and get uh, traffic where it needs to go in a much more efficient manner. One other thing that does have to do with security, I uh, want to try to encourage some of you as you're signing up and joining Amron New uh, to try to make your emails as anonymous as possible and try to think of scrubbing your PERSEC information, personal security information. In other words, maybe don't put your name in as your email address when you sign up to get a new email. Maybe you shouldn't put TomSmith at gmail.com or especially your FCC call sign followed by at gmail. So those of you who already have that, I would encourage you to slowly start uh, weaning yourself from any type of email that contains personal information. So, for example, if you're Bravo Tango 65 you can go sign up for a free email account at and make your call sign Bravo Tango 65 at yahoo.com. There's one net starting up, and they're specifically doing this to interact with their large CB prepper group that they have in their area. He's encouraging everyone to sign up for Amron, and he's advising them to set their membership up using their Amron email. So as soon as you get your Amron call sign, go and set up a Yahoo account or mail.com or outlook.com set up your email with your call sign and that would help especially those in the group interact with each other without giving up any pers uh, per information if you are if you do want to change your email over to something a little less revealing for personal information just go ahead and email me directly at john jacob at 
radiofreeredoubt.com. I will make the appropriate changes in my email, and then I will forward that on to the volunteer partisans to help maintain the membership directory. So uh, that should pretty much take care of that. Now, I was talking to somebody, I was reminded by a listener, uh, to mention Pirate Radio as a resource for news and information. And this is something that I just simply overlooked. I knew, and I listened to Pirate Radio from time to time. It's kind of interesting. A lot of times, now, for those of you who don't know, Pirate Radio is unlicensed or illegal broadcasts. And folks do it all over the world, across Europe and the United States. Uh, Various uh, different platforms, depending on what the individual operating that station happens to be interested in. Sometimes they will have news and issues that they like to discuss, uh, talk about opinions, but most pirate radio stations out there are music oriented. But one great point here is that they could be a great resource in a real world disaster situation for unfiltered news and information. Now, why pirate radio? Well, we already know that in many disaster situations, especially where it is a a government oppressive regime type of environment, one of the first things they do is they ban amateur radio bands. They try to keep the citizens from being able to communicate and take command and control and the flow of information out of the hands of the citizens. Well, if you already start studying and learning where the pirate radio stations are on the air, you know that you have a resource at your fingertips who are going to be on the air, who have the equipment and the experience, the capabilities, and an already demonstrated willingness to transmit and not follow the rules. So they are most likely going to be on the air and have information flowing about a developing situation. It's just another resource. We're not promoting. We're not advocating pirate radio. We're saying they're there anyway. And there's a very good chance that you could get a lot of valuable, uh, unfiltered news and flow of information from them. And you could pretty much count on them being on the air, even when it's not legal, because they do it now. There's a great article to serve as a primer for locating and tracking down and listening to pirate radio shortwave stations. Uh, over at swling.com for shortwavelistening.com. I want to put a project together and I'm asking for volunteers. If anybody would be willing, if you have the time, to make this into a project to track down uh, pirate radio listening resources, possibly uh, websites, uh, listings of frequencies. Uh, Many of them have their own uh, the websites or blogs, or they'll have a Gmail account. And they even ask for uh, uh, QSO cards or rather uh, signal report cards. So let us know that you heard us, where you heard us from, and say hi. And many of them actually mail out uh, something like QSO cards. They're contact cards uh, that uh, folks can collect as souvenir items even. Now, we do have a program within Amron called the Black Echo Rebroadcasting Program. Now, there are many uh, Amron operators who have 
low-power FM and low-power AM transmitting capabilities. Now, this is perfectly legal to do as long as you keep it uh, within you know, the uh, reflected uh, power and your transmit power levels to a legal limit. But uh, most of you have transmitters that are capable of transmitting at levels that are way beyond the legal limit. I want to encourage you to keep those legal while we're in peacetime, but in a true emergency where lives are at stake, you have the capability of cranking up the power to inform people when saving lives is more important than rules. But in the meantime, while we're in a training environment, keep it legal. Amron does not currently have any AM or shortwave program in place like the Black Echo station broadcasting does. But uh, that's something that we could also consider, maybe adding an AM frequency that we kind of standardize for disseminating information uh, for those... For those listeners with shortwave radios that do not have single sideband capabilities. So we'll continue researching that. And if we have any volunteers, please raise your hand. Shoot me an email at johnjacob at radiofreeredoubt.com and say, yeah, I'd like to take on an AM version of the Black Echo Project just to have in place. So we have a way of getting out there on AM for those folks that do not have short single sideband capabilities. Today, I got to tune in to Voice of America Radio Graham. I was listening to Radio Havana coming out of Cuba. That's always interesting. It's kind of like Cuba, communist Cuba's version of NPR. <laughs> but those are fun to listen to. I switched over to the Voice of America Radio. And every Saturday, they have a radiogram that they put out messages using digital modes. Now, at Amron.com, we've extensively covered digital modes, and we do, we've done many training exercises involving that. I want to encourage you to go check out Voice of America Radio, especially on the weekends. And if you're not sure how to do that, go to Amron.com, and you can visit at least two other articles that we've posted Just go up to the search box, type in VOA or Voice of America. Those articles will pop up there and you'll be able to learn more about how to tune in to Voice of America every Saturday where they send digital messages, including images, which we have done through Amron as well. Now, this week's contest is related to that. Because I listened to Voice of America radio today, I listened to the radiogram. I was all set up while I was doing my research for the show, and I had my ham radio, which obviously makes an outstanding shortwave radio going on in the background with my digital program open, when along came the digital exercise. Now, when they send an image, which they do every weekend, they have their TXID turned on, And you and your FL Digi program should have your RXID clicked on so that it's green up in the upper right-hand corner. And they always transmit at 1,500 on the waterfall. Now, at Amron, we always transmit at 1,200 on the waterfall. Now, for those of you who think I'm speaking a foreign language, well, it just sounds like you just have a little bit of catching up to do. Go back to Amron.com and type in digital 
getting started. There are several articles that will help you get started on receiving digital modes. This is text, like a fax machine, that allows the text to scroll up your screen as you're receiving the signal. And you can send it this way as well if you have the appropriate equipment. Everything you need to learn is right there at Amron.com about how to get up and running. And then also take this same skill set and apply it to Voice of America uh, broadcasts. I'm going to post at the very end of this is going to be a training exercise because I snatched the picture, saved it as a text file. I mean, saved it as an image file. And then I recorded it. So I'm going to play that. So get your FL Digi opened up. Get that program opened up. Get ready because at the end of the show, I will be transmitting. Now I will have my TX ID turned on. So if you're at 1500 on the waterfall, it should automatically switch over to the mode MFSK. That's Mike Foxtrot Sierra Kilo, MFSK32. Then what I want you to do is copy and paste the picture or send it as an attachment and email me at johnjacob at radiofreeredoubt.com. Type VOA, as in Voice of America, in the subject line. Type VOA in the subject line. And then the drawing will be held two weeks from now, but entries must be received no later than 1800 Zulu. That's 1800 hours Zulu time on April 12th. That's a great way to send images over radio. And you can do that in either color or black and white. So let your imagination run wild with all the different ways a partisan could apply that little tool. All right, I've got a, I'm just about out of time, but I have a stack of question and answers that I'm going to be getting to. And in two weeks from now, I'm going to have all of these stacked up, not all of these. I'm going to be picking these each week. I want to get to at least three question and answers uh, in starting in volume seven to start getting, getting to some of these questions that you have regarding ham radio and partisan radio and prepper radio in general. There is one question here that I want to get to right away. You can protect your own equipment with Faraday cages, as we just posted that uh, a great article on Amron.com this week related to that, protecting your equipment in Faraday cages. But the question is, will repeaters be destroyed in the event of an EMP? Well, the answer is quite possibly. We expect that a repeater, especially delicate electronic equipment connected to a mountaintop antenna, will probably most likely amplify the signal and fry it. Now, it may or may not happen. We don't know. We've never been hit with an EMP before, but expect it. This is why we strongly encourage Amron nets in VHF and UHF to practice your nets without the use of repeaters, because we can expect that in an EMP type of environment, that those will not be available. Now, one alternative to that would be to have your own repeater. These AnyTone radios, they are crossband repeaters. They have a feature there that allows you to use those as crossband repeaters. So you can have that already set up and in a Faraday cage or a couple of them. And then in an EMP type of an environment, well, you could just uh, hike up to the to a ridge, set the thing up, hang it on a tree, and now you have a repeater when most of the other people in your area do not. 
There are other options for portable repeaters, and we'll talk more about that in the future. Hopefully that answers your question. Anyway, that concludes this week's Partisan Radio, Volume 6. We'll see you in two weeks and keep your questions coming in and your suggestions and your ideas. We appreciate them all. Now go get your comms up. I'm John Jacob Schmidt, 73. As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble. Attention. 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 Stand by for message. End of message.